feature presentation. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 114 of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, I just, uh, I want to say something, you know, it was, it was a busy week this week. A lot of things happened. We had the Oscar nominations, which we're going to talk about. You guys can go back and listen to the episode uh, with Greg Miller, which was a live episode. And we apologize for any of the technical uh, issues that we had with some of the audio, you know, it, it was live, nothing is perfect. Um, but I think something you know, really important got lost in that and something personal and, and something that was, you know, worth celebrating at least once a year. And that is John Williams's birthday specifically. So I just wanted to wish John Williams a happy, a happy 90th birthday yeah. and ask mm-hmm. you, Matt, what you did uh, to One celebrate uh, the Maestro's birthday. birthday that day. I did listen to a lot of John Williams on February 8th. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. The only thing that's um, important on that day. The only Oscar nominations. Pfft other things but john williams literally the goat probably the greatest composer of all time at least for film scores um no one will even come close but i did listen to they put out i think either on his birthday or uh before that they put out a compilation album on apple music in, in dolby atmos Everyone should give it a listen. It's very, very good. Uh, no, as Eric's joking, it was my birthday, February 8th, everyone. So I share a birthday with the one and only John Williams, which I'm very happy about because he's, like I just said, one of the best composers of all time, composed basically every favorite movie I ever had as a kid and into my adulthood. So yeah, Eric, I turned 33 on Tuesday. Welcome so to hell. 33 boys <laughs> drinking our tea. Are you having some tea? As well? Having tea in a Netflix cup. Yep. Now, are you scoring you the sure? Fablemans though? I got to ask you that. No, no one wants to hear that. <laughs> I can guarantee that. Um, yeah, it was, it's an interesting week. You might, I might sound a bit differently. I'm using a new microphone that I got for my birthday. We'll Sounds see how sexier. that goes. Thanks, baby. Um, I don't know what voice that was. Um, I, I posted some stuff on social. You guys probably saw Nevis uh, made me a incredible. Uh, I have it right here. If I can reach it. Um, Rohrbeck International Film Festival Guide, uh, where basically she had a wonderful night. Sugo, I had some Sugo, which is an Italian restaurant in uh, Toronto. Got me this hat. Got me this dope. Uh, Bo Burnham inside sweatshirt. Um, and then the Rohrbeck International Film Festival uh, has movies programmed from my friends and family. So probably the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, I did not uh, expect it at all. Uh, Nevis always goes above and beyond and she is incredible. But um, it caught me off guard and made me emotional. It was super, super nice. And like, Eric, you programmed uh, Hard Target for Hell me, yeah. uh, which is a great choice. Uh, we watched Nevis's uh, choice. She programmed two different films in the Rohrbeck International Film Festival. Uh, we watched Ronin, uh, the John Frankenheimer movie from 1998. With the one, the um, only Bobby D. Bobby D. A lot of people in that movie, actually. Sean Renault, about, Sean Bean. Um, Stellan Skarsgård. Great car chases. Um, Yes, really, that's what stood out to me. And I'll talk more about it. But you'll probably hear me talk a lot about these movies uh, for the next little while, because I'm going to try to watch everything that people suggested and 
Uh, I'm going to rank them on Letterboxd nice. and I'm going to, uh, and I'll probably just, you know, each week you'll probably hear me talk about one or two of them. Um, maybe I'll slow down at some point, but, um, there's some great stuff in here and like, they're all like individual write-ups from, uh, from people and you guys can check out my Twitter or I post it on Instagram as well. Um, but some great movies, misery programmed by Joey Noel. Um, I liked, uh, uh, Shay, uh, programmed me, uh, Kazam and, uh, Daniel Baptista, both of them from the movie podcast. You guys might know them friends of the show. Uh, Daniel, uh, <laughs> uh, programmed me the mighty ducks, uh, and, uh, lots of good stuff in here. You got, uh, the fall adventures in babysitting knucklehead, um, 22 jump street my buddy kevin programmed which is i i'm always down to watch more jump street um living in oblivion restoration perfect blue the snow walker the lord of the rings trilogy because i've never actually watched them uh hard ticket to hawaii uh, oh god <laughs> <laughs> after hours the unknown known so there's some good sh- there's some fun stuff in here because a lot of it i haven't seen so that was one of the uh uh, the things Nevis asked if you could. Some people did like a little inside thing of a movie that they knew that I liked that they also like and stuff like that. Um, but most people tried to program something that I haven't seen. So it should be uh, really fun over the next, you know, however long it takes me to go through all those movies and, and kind of give my impressions on them and, and either shame people when they see that I hated their suggestion <laughs> or uh they'll see how it ranks up so uh had a wonderful birthday will it rank or will it stank yeah that's (laughs) the new segment on the show um had some wonderful italian food some chicken parm eric's a little spaghetti a little rigatoni some caesar salad uh, some tiramisu i drank way too much wine and had a couple beers um while we watched ronin um and a joint so i was just lit lord <laughs> ronin just absolutely lit now does the suko hat uh come with the dinner or do you have to buy that separately you do it, it is sold separately it's not like a happy meal where you get a suko hat with your purchase of uh whatever but um i've always like it's one of my favorite kind of no bullshit um kind of restaurants in toronto you definitely couldn't eat there because they rarely have anything that doesn't have tomatoes in it. I mean, even that hat um, looks like it's made of tomatoes. Yeah. And uh, a great restaurant. If you're ever in Toronto or you've, you you're live here and you uh, haven't gone, it's just kind of just, yeah, no BS kind of classic Italian place, like the checkerboard, you know, tables and um, just simple food, but like massive portions of it that just really, really good. So I uh, had that and uh, watched Ronan. So it was a good birthday. And John Williams' birthday, which is more important. So, Oh, totally. 90 and 33. How was your week? You know, pretty uneventful with the exception of the Oscars. It's been um, pretty low Oh, yeah, key. that was also on my birthday in the morning. <laughs> exactly. There was a lot going on. But but going back to um, that, that program book that Nevis put together – um, you know, you mentioned getting emotional when you, when I saw you, that you, you know, you posted on Instagram and, and Twitter and, you know, it was flipping through the pages. I was just like, wow, that is not only incredible craftsmanship in terms of just like, you know, curating this group of, of, you know, recommendations together and getting people to do these little write-ups and things like that. But like to have something 
tactile and and made and you know to like like to get something like that that is you know really really special and and uh you know um i mean nevis is an amazing person but like that as you've said is truly like above and beyond oh i know it's um it's very incredible like the little easter eggs too of shit that i like like obviously doritos tapatio doritos a sponsor Uh, if you go on the official sponsor page it's arby's taco bell and mountain dew um twitch they live stream all the q a's on twitch i was really hoping i was disappointed nevis didn't get cameron bailey to uh record a special video (laughs) message thanking their major sponsor mountain dew and their (laughs) And, and it would Arby's. be amazing it would be he, he liked the tweet and this right. was like oh no and i was like no that's that's adorable like that's uh, that's awesome that cameron bailey the head of of tiff the ceo the newly appointed ceo of tiff congratulations uh, and well earned um, by the way yeah uh, but it would be amazing just thinking about that now if cameron bailey was on cameo <laughs> 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 would be pretty incredible. Nevis pays twenty five dollars on Cameo to get. I think we uh, all would. I think everybody. I like, would if, too. Uh, yeah, I would totally. just make up the dumbest sponsors and get him to do that whole Tiff intro for like the most random dumb sponsors, and I would just play it in front of movies that I watch at home, um, <laughs> and then show some random L'Oreal ad. Like that's the that's the dream is you have a home theater where you can invite people over and you have your little in jokes. Uh, where you run stupid trailers and stupid ads and have dumb sponsors, but well, especially uh, and- for someone like Cameron Bailey, who's so you know intelligent and articulate yeah, and refined, and yeah, <laughs> and him going talking about like you know the finest food to talk about, <laughs> yeah, uh, would be amazing. So uh, yeah, Nevis is incredible. Um, I literally it, it hit me pretty hard because like uh, you know especially right now when you're not seeing a lot of people and. Um, just getting a nice little write up from a bunch of friends uh, was uh, very welcome because as you get older, birthdays are kind of like, eh, okay, I'm turning 33. Like, we start to get, I start to get to a point where I'm like, if it's not a decade celebration, I, whatever. Like, call me when I'm 40. Um, no, well, well, getting a call or a text message, or in this case, a beautiful uh, program book. Um, and, and, you know, people letting you know that they either remembered or, you know, they saw on social media that it was your birthday, that, that I think is what kind of really kind of adds a little extra kind of like pep in your step during your day. And, and like, you know, you don't need the extra adulation of gifts and things like that, the older you get. And and to your point, like if it's not, you know, a, 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 you know, a decade, um, you know, turning 30, 40, what have you it's just, it's just basically another day. And that doesn't mean you can't treat yourself or, you know, go out to a nice dinner or spend time with loved ones, but oh no, it's good to yeah. always acknowledge it. But sometimes you're just like, ah, it's just nice it's to fine. know that people remember that you're still alive. <laughs> yeah. Which I like to remind myself sometimes, especially in the last two years where you're just like, Oh man, are you really, it's really, uh, at times just going like where the how we've been it's been it was like the two-year anniversary or or something of like announcing coronavirus or the name of it um which is absolutely wild so where does the time go but yeah vin diesel's still drinking it too it's weird 
<laughs> Eric, do you want to get right into it? Do you want to talk about what we've been watching or do you want to go right into Oscars? I think we what? should go right into Oscars. I mean, I know we're a little late, but, um, you know, it, the, the dust has settled. There's nah, been time to reflect. Late. Let the let the jabronis come in right after and get their hot takes in where we've sat on it. We've looked at it. We've digested it. And you'll get the number one and number two Oscar pundit. Matt Rohrbeck and Eric Marchin to talk about all the nominations and who's going to win and who's not. We'll probably be exactly right. Um, as well as what got snubbed, what got not snubbed. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I mean, if you want, if you want to actually get like, you know, in, insightful information on, you know, the awards process and, you know, you're every in the step right with, place, you're, you're in, you're the, in right the right place. place, but I would also recommend going to the film experience.net run by uh, Nathaniel Rogers uh, dude, awards radar run by uh, Joey Magazine, who we've had on the show uh, before uh, Clayton dude. Davis, who is the sort of uh, chief awards film critic over at variety. There's there's plenty of, of insightful and more statistical information out there that, you know, they know what they're talking about. We are they cover this shit like year round. Yeah. It's their bread and butter where we kind of just watch movies and we're like, what's good? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what did we like? Ultimately, I'm just grateful that uh, Lord and Savior Jared Leto uh, was omitted this year uh, for best supporting actor. Ironically. A Jared Leto performance I don't even hate. Uh, not saying that it's like awards worthy. I'm kind of with you where I'm glad, you know, someone put on a, you know, a fat suit and did a funny accent and they're like transformative. We got to nominate this guy. But you want to know um, what's what's contradictory about me saying that and kind of always being on Jared Leto's case because I think he's horrible. Um, I almost would have rather him been nominated than jk simmons, simmons. i'm dude i'm with you being in the ricardos and i like jk simmons a i love we've we talked about this exact thing did we talk about it on the show or just in person i don't know but like probably both. probably a mix of both <laughs> yeah but like or maybe when we talked about being the ricardos which we never reviewed i don't think just i reviewed I just, it for rogers yeah. and then we talked about it i think on just, the main show yeah maybe. and through texts yeah and sexed yeah, yeah. sorry Nevis. <laughs> only jk simmons sex. um <laughs> Sexy yeah I'm, simmons. I'm with you on that i mean we can start with supporting actor if you want we're gonna go we'll probably go all over the place but like, and the reason why i say that with jk simmons i know you weren't as big of a fan of whiplash but even if if you're not a fan of that movie you can understand why he got the nomination and the win being the ricardos is the in that category is like if somebody were to ask you, you know, in a game of trivia a year or two from now, name all five of the best supporting actor nominees in the uh, 2021-2022 season, that would he would be the name that you wouldn't remember because it's such a, a, a placeholder nomination. And it just is like there's nothing in that movie. Like, even though I don't lo I don't love the film, but I do like all, 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 all the actors. And even though I don't like their performances, per se, with the exception of uh, Nina Adriana, who I do think is the one actor who should have been nominated that wasn't. Um, it's like the, it's like the one performance where it's just like it, it did nothing for yeah, me. Like, it I, did nothing. I don't understand it at all. And I love J.K. Simmons as well. Now, if it was for so Palm like, Springs last year? That's what I mean. Like, how does 
I, I just don't, I get every year is different. So you have different competition, you have different up, people up for roles. And a lot of it is campaigning and it's, you know, it's politics really. So like, but he didn't do I, any I, campaigning, which is, that is and also Judy true. Dench didn't either, which is also yeah. funny because she was nominated over uh, Katrina uh, Bell for, for Belfast. Yeah. Um, but the JK Simmons one is pretty baffling in a year where there are other people that you could have put in there that at least would have been more memorable to your point. Uh, many people who are better than him in that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I understand the nomination for, um, you know, Nicole Kidman. Um, I understand the nomination for, did he get nominated too? Um, Javier Bardem? Yeah. Yes. For yeah, best actor. Yeah. Yep. So like, I understand that even though I don't like the movie or really either of their performances, it's just like, I kind of get that because they're a bit flashier or they're that kind of well, it's actors playing famous like, people, right? Yeah, which they love, right? Yeah. You, you know, the trends, um, JK Simmons. I'm like, I don't even remember him in the movie. I'm like, I know he's in a few scenes. I'm like, I just, I, yeah, we don't have to. It would be amazing if they show an Oscar Sorry. clip and it's like clip omitted. Just if there's no clip. Yeah, we forgot. <laughs> but that the rest of that category, obviously, two nominees from Power of the Dog. You have Jesse Plemons and Cody Smith McVie. And Plemons um, was kind of the surprise yeah. nominee because um he he got the BAFTA nomination for supporting actor, but really didn't show up anywhere else. And Cody Smith McPhee has kind of been the one that has been getting the lion's share of nominations and wins with both critics groups and a lot of sort yeah. of the um, so you thought it would members just be him groups. probably yeah. right yeah. And then I love seeing Troy uh, Kotzer from Coda um, get a nomination. I think that is awesome. I uh, love seeing him pop up. And, the first and deaf actor is... uh, to ever be nominated. Oh really? Yep, that's awesome. That's fantastic. I love Coda. I, I tweeted this out and we'll get to the best picture nominees, but um, I'm not like, I'm never one to be like mad at snubs. As I get older, I just care less and less about things. Um, not in a, like a bad way, but like in a, you know, I, I, I love the Oscars. Let's let's where I know we're at the beginning of this segment and I should preface spoiler this. I know, alert. <laughs> and I know people, kind of shit on them or they only talk about what got snubbed and i know we started with jk simmons being like we're mad he got nominated we're but not like, mad it's just more uh, like a like yeah i know why we're asking confused you know? yeah we're not mad we're disappointed um i love the oscars i love award season it's silly it doesn't really mean that much you guys have heard me talk about it if you listen to this show that like i do think it is a, an important part of the industry uh to kind of showcase films that either you know, they're not necessarily small movies, but for the general audience to kind of get their eyes on movies, they might not necessarily have just watched when they came out. So I do think there's value in it. And I do think it's an exciting and fun time to speculate who's going to get nominated and see what wins. And like, I remember when Parasite won, that was like a huge thrill. And, um, and then you have things like Green Book winning or random ass things winning where you're like, everyone's like, what the fuck? How did that happen? Um, which makes for like kind of an exciting time. Ultimately, I feel like I never get that mad when movies I like don't get nominated because, again, I go back to it's all subjective and and you like what you like. And yes, it's nice to see the things that you're passionate about, you know, get recognition from, you know, the industry. But uh, there are certain movies that will never or it's going to take a long time for them to. And, and then, you know, the Academy likes what the Academy likes. And like Eric's already joked about, like there are trends that you 
that you see where you kind of can expect who's going to get nominated based on the type of role they're playing or the type of movie it is and what year it is and what it's up against. So like, it's not always just subjectively the best stuff. It's just, I think it is interesting to analyze. And like, I will preface that, like, I think Oscar season is a, is a blast and that's why I like festival season and, you know, speculating. I used to be even more into it, I guess, but like, um, I think I've just grown into, you know, I see the nominations. I'm like, cool. I like one one movie a lot in the in the best picture nominees. The rest of them I'm kind of like there are a couple that I like and then a bunch that I just don't care for. But it's like one you need to see still. Um yeah, I know. I'm just like I'm just, you know, there's a lot going on. No, I know. I know. Um so anyways, I just wanted to get that. Um but yeah, supporting um supporting actor, supporting actress, we can go right into that. Oh, that's this um, is my favorite category because of one name in particular. Yes. Yeah, which I'm thrilled about too. Um so you have Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman in the last uh, sorry, I'm an actress. Yeah. Sorry, Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter. This is supporting actress. Uh, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, uh, Judy Dench for Belfast, uh, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and Anjane Ellis for King Richard. Uh, yeah, we're both thrilled about Jesse Buckley. Like, I love both of them getting in for The Lost Daughter. Like, yeah. The Lost Daughter didn't really show up uh, in a ton of places. It had a screenplay Adapted screenplay too. nomination yeah. for Maggie Gyllenhaal, um, yeah. Uh, which is awesome to see. And her um, second I, nomination too, because she was nominated for supporting actress for Crazy Heart, which was yeah. also the year that she got nominated for that was a surprise nomination because she didn't show up in a lot of the previous guilds and critics choice kind of nominations. Um, so I love seeing some love for The Lost Daughter because that was one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, and I just didn't think it would pop up in a ton of places. I know we didn't think Jesse Buckley would maybe get in and uh, she did, which is a, a wonderful surprise. Yeah, both Jesse um, Plemons and Jesse Buckley uh, for I'm go. Thinking of Ending Things. Yeah, I so. saw your tweet. Yeah. Great, great shout out. Another underwatched and criminally underrated movie um weird i know not for everyone but but great movie you guys should check it out um the rest of this I, i'm i'm fine with for the most part like i i'm kind of indifferent on king richard and, and belfast but i think both Anjane ellis and and judy dencher are fine um i think ariana debose in west side story is quite good and, and she's probably gonna and, win and, and kirsten dunce i think is is good too yeah and, and also speaking like with jesse you know Plemons. I mean, they're, you know, they're engaged. They're, they're a, a mm -hmm. couple. And that seems to also be kind of like a fun narrative thing to do this and year with Penelope, Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem. Yeah. Um, Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, also Kirsten Dunst has just been around in, in the industry since she was a child. So like this being her first nomination is kind of a big deal, you know, and power of the dog being nominated for the most so this many, year for 12. Yeah. So do you think it's the front runner? In I, I think, Jane Campion's going to win um for directing. So they split it. Yeah. I, I think so because I still I still think that there is a certain amount of prejudice when it comes to a Netflix movie. So I think yeah. Belfast has the upper hand because it is a you Safe know choice. theatrical release. And yeah, it's 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 a movie that's short and sweet, very accessible to give a the very cerebral wide... quiet western <laughs> like uh the directing not our win and then yeah or or also you know make yeah. make a big deal about because i mean actors. jane campion you know is the only woman to be nominated more than once in the directing category after yeah. having been nominated for the piano back in 93 the same year 
that she was competing against Steven Spielberg for Schindler's List. And uh, even though she lost in directing, she did win in adapted screenplay for The Piano. And so this year she's nominated again for adapted screenplay for Power of the Dog and directing and competing against Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Who's the only director to be nominated in six different decades for best director. Talk about Which coach. is an absolute <laughs> insane stat. Just absolutely wild. Six different decades gets a best uh, director nomination. It's absolutely wild. I still think of that video like that always goes around this time of year that circulates of him watching the Oscar nominations when Jaws got nominated for best picture, but he didn't get nominated for directing. And sort of like him kind of reacting to that and that just thinking about that, you know, video then and like where he is now um, is is quite comical. Did he deserve yeah. a directing nomination for Jaws? Absolutely. But, um, you know, he's done pretty well for himself. So I think so. Yeah, uh, we kind of went over uh, supporting actor, so uh, we don't need to do that again. Uh, but lead actor Javier Bardem in Being the Ricardos, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in Power of the Dog. Uh, Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom, which I love to see. Will Smith in King Richard and Denzel Washington in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, so again, Power of the Dog, basically every leading and supporting role in that movie got a nomination. Except for the dog. Um, yeah. Uh, again, Bardem in I get the acting nominations from being the Ricardos. It does nothing for me, but. I get it. Same with Denzel and Will Smith. Like both of those guys are legends as well uh, in kind of flashier roles. Um, uh, like again, I'm not a huge fan of Will Smith and King Richard. And I think Denzel uh, is great in Macbeth. Just Macbeth didn't, it's just to me, it's just Macbeth. I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. This is probably like a simple minded thing. It's like, I, I can tell when someone's doing bad Shakespeare, but when someone's doing good Shakespeare, I'm like, it's, it's Shakespeare. It's fine. Like, right. So I don't like, I, he's good. I'm just like it comparatively to like, I don't know, some other performances that I don't know. I just, I'm like Shakespeare, Shakespeare. So it just doesn't do much for me, but he's also Denzel and I can't argue with that. So, yeah, I, I loved him in the film, but I understand where you're coming from and just like, okay, like, you know, I think he is worthy of that nomination and this is his 10th nomination overall nine in acting he's one two for supporting actor in glory and for uh, actor in a leading role for training day which he was competing against Will Smith back in 2001 for Ali which for Wild was Wild West yes which was Will Smith's first nomination for for Ali and then he uh, Will Smith was Will then, good in Ali, yeah. uh, nominated for the pursuit of happiness in 2006 and Smith this year has been nominated for two Oscars for best actor and producing King Richard, um, mm. which a lot of people say that he is going to probably win the acting award because he's quote unquote due. Um, the nominations for both. But does uh, that ever happen though? Like when people oh, say it does, it, it does a it lot does, of the But times. I feel like, a, yeah, it's, it's, true. it's kind of like this. It's, it's like politics. It's like when, when somebody tries to become sort of the, leader of their party it's usually based on like how much work you've done you know is it your time are you are you you know worthy of of the win now have you been sort of anointed by uh your peers in a way that it's like you know you you are overdue that right. always gets sort of thrown in the conversation and will smith is kind of in that sort of category right now where 
you know, he's done good work in the past. He's obviously, you know, come from a TV background and, you know, gone above and beyond to become this amazing sort of, you know, mogul and superstar and executive producer on Cobra Kai, which I think will be his definitive, that. you yeah. know, uh, a contribution to the, to the arts. Um, <laughs> but he, yeah, it's, 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 it's an okay role. It's, it's, I, I wish that movie was better or I, I liked it a little bit more, but like Anjanou Ellis, I think is very good in, and the movie isn't bad by any means. No. Any, It's just like, I don't have any passion for Belfast or King Richard with the exception. I do like Kieran Hines in Belfast quite a bit. And like, it's like, I get why he got nominated as well, because that's also, you know, the guy's almost been working in the industry for 50 years. So it's almost, you know, that's, that's a great sort of category for veteran uh, character actors to get nominated. So that kind of happens there. And then with Benedict Cumberbatch, Andrew Garfield, you have, you know, the Brits being nominated, both of them getting nominated for their second time. Uh, Cumberbatch being nominated for the uh, Imitation Game uh, originally, and then uh, Garfield being nominated for Hacksaw Ridge. And I think Garfield's probably the most happiest I with forgot. that nomination because being nominated for a Mel Gibson film, I mean, I'm sure you know he he loved the role the the person he was playing the but you know saying that your sole nomination is for a movie directed by Mel Gibson is probably like not the thing that you want that so, got a best picture nomination it got it? a directing nomination mel gibson got a directing nomination like 3 years ago after 4 years ago all the shit that how, he had said in the past how long ago was that that was that was like 2016 2016 2015 it was the year that arrival got nominated years. and yeah. and uh la la land and and moonlight what an awful piece of shit movie. <laughs> like, I couldn't Hugo even make Weaving's it performance. And I know people said, like, the second half is better than the first half. And I didn't even get to that second half. Yeah. Because um, I turned it off during that Hugo Weaving dinner sequence. Should be looking good just... in his uniform, too, until he got <laughs> shot off. <laughs> it's, like, the worst. It was the worst I have it on 4K seen. because I was sent um, a, a, a a version from it for from Lionsgate for awards consideration. Right. So anyway, it sits on my set. I shelf. love Andrew Garfield though. And like, I, I think Benedict, you convinced me, um, uh, on him on power of the dog. Like I wasn't sold. And then kind of when I heard your perspective, I'm like, and after I saw it I, again, I'm like, okay, I get that. And I do think he's quite good. Um, and again, yeah, you can't argue with Will Smith and Denzel, even with my uh, how I felt about either of those movies. Yeah, and I and I do like that. I mean, like, I don't like I, I like Javier Bardem as an actor. He's he's a very good actor. But um, the thing I like about his nomination for being the Ricardos is that of the so he's been nominated four times in total. One for No Country for Old Men for supporting God, he's actor. So good. He's so and ama- that is, I mean, that is truly the the performance that he deserved. One of the best villains of all time. Yeah, Anton Sugar is amazing. Um, but it is funny for Best Actor. He's been nominated three times, and all three movies start with B. So before Night Falls, the Julian Schnabel movie, being the Ricardos, and Beautiful, the uh, Alejandro uh, Gonzalez Senorito movie. Nice, love it um let's move on let's save best picture for the end uh animated feature film you got encanto flea luca the mitchells versus the machines and raya and the last dragon which i totally forgot came out this year 
Um, There's always one of those. Because it, it came out so early. It was yeah. like when it popped up that morning, I'm like, oh, shit. I totally thought that was a 2020 movie and not a 2021 movie. Uh, some interesting stuff here. I mean, we got to shout out Flea, and we might as well say it's the first film to get nominated for Best Animated Feature, uh, Best International Feature, and Best um, Documentary Feature. It almost did that. If it would have got that Best Picture nomination, I, I would have loved to see it because it would have been the first documentary ever nominated for Best Picture. And to get all four of those categories, no one will ever do that again, probably. Uh, unfortunately, it went three for four on those big ones, did not get a Best Picture nomination. But yeah, Neon um, didn't really. Neon this year surprisingly didn't campaign i mean they you know they sent out the the beautiful um you know physical media box sets for people to watch but they really didn't yeah. campaign for specific movies or yeah and and like i mean they put a lot of work into you know kristen stewart obviously getting nominated for spencer because they're you know it seemed like she oh we was... didn't do best actress did we no we didn't oh my bad we probably should have done that first i i'm all over the place anyways keep going but yeah I, so like with with like even with films like T10, which I know that would have never really have gotten nomination outside of maybe, you know, if it made the shortlist for international film, but it didn't. Um, but I look at like Vincent Linden's performance in terms of like supporting actor, like the, I think that they could have actually pushed that. And the same thing goes with Flea. Like, I feel like they could have really pushed that movie a little bit harder. Like if it went three for four with barely any kind of. Yeah, press or like a campaigning behind it. Maybe it could have got there, right? But exactly, um, that's my bad. I forgot to go through actress because I went through half of it and then we skipped over. So we'll get back to animated in a sec. I'm sorry, we're all over the place. We're professionals. Um, yeah, Jessica Chastain in the Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers, uh, Nicole Kidman in Being the Ricardos, and and uh, Kristen Stewart for Spencer. So. Kristen Stewart does get in. Uh, some people thought she would miss out because she missed out on SAG, right? Or, and BAFTA. Or, and BAFTA, yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I like seeing her uh, make it in. I love Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart are the best. Like I just, after Twilight, they both just made dynamite choices and I'm so excited for the Batman. I got We got our tickets today um for opening night so i'm stoked about that but kristen stewart and spencer i really like i know you were medium on her eric but um Olivia I mean, it's, Coleman. Still, it's still good to see i mean this is another conversation that we could even have on this where like you know the sags and baftas are usually a pretty good barometer when it comes to you know what could be nominated but i think this year proved that there's a lot of people getting nominated and you know that that either didn't campaign like judy dench or jk simmons um or ones that didn't you know end up in you know these other awards precursors and that maybe the precursors now don't mean the same that they did you know a couple of years ago because the academy has become much larger with both yeah. a, a diverse and international sort of grouping even penelope cruz who didn't make the bafta long list um yeah. let alone the the bafta shortlist or nominations or anywhere else for that matter gets in for parallel mothers and she is um the only woman in the history of the academy to be nominated for two non-english speaking roles more than once and wow. both films being directed by pedro almodovar so wow. you know that's kind of a big deal as that's well. great no and then that goes to your point of of 
yeah, I, I absolutely think that's that's fantastic. And I always pop for those two, like the ones that you're not expecting, even if I haven't seen the movie yet. Um, it, it's just, and we'll talk about drive my car, um, in a little bit, but like I popped for drive my car showing up in best picture, even though I've, I haven't seen it yet. It's just, it's great to see, uh, stuff like that. And then it goes, fuck, I really, I should have watched it by now. I just haven't had, not had the time, but I haven't carved out the three hours and energy <laughs> to do it. Um, I'm going to very, very soon. I promise. Uh, maybe by the next episode. Um, but yeah, great to see her in there. Uh, again, we've talked about being the Ricardos enough, but, um, and going back to lost daughter to see Olivia Coleman also get in, I think is great. And then Chastain in eyes of Tammy Faye is the one that I, I don't love. Um, but again, I get it. I get it based on not that I agree, but I get that that's the type of rule that they, well, want. you mentioned <laughs> it with Jared Leto, right? Yeah. Put on a lot of latex and, you know, yeah prosthetics and you know you transform into a role and you know jessica chastain it can be very good i mean like she was you know she she's been nominated twice before for the help and zero dark 30 zero dark 30 she was very much worthy of that nomination um and and has has done really good work but like thinking the other thing that i find funny with that category is that you have two uh co-stars in the uh horrible the 355 with Penelope right. Cruz and Jessica Chastain, right. um, which nobody's seen. That's just a testament to that. Like, I cannot believe we talked about it in our review, which you guys can go listen to, but like the quality of actresses in that movie, well, two of them just nominated for best actress um, in a leading role and, and that movie, dear God. Okay. Back to animated. So we talked about flea a little bit. Great to see flea get in there. Uh, you have two, uh, three Disney movies with Raya, Luca, and in Kanto. Uh, so I'd like to see them spread the love a little bit more with animated stuff, especially I know people liked bell. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's kind of like, give some love to some other studios. I know it's Disney's bread and butter and obviously they are very, very good at it. Both. I mean, in Kanto on my rewatch, um, I, I liked a lot more than that first time. Uh, Luca, I'm still kind of medium on, I know a lot of people like that as well. And then Raya, I know we were kind of both, I think sort of medium to medium positive on Raya. Yeah. Uh, but I know people really like Raya as a, as a fun adventure movie. Uh, but Mitchell's versus the machines. Like, I don't know if it's the front runner cause it could go to flea, but maybe flea gets a documentary. Or, I think it's going to go to Encanto. Um, I think that yeah. that movie is starting to really surge yeah. again because Once it went on Disney plus man, like exactly. Off. No, yeah. everybody is talking about, bruno when they shouldn't be talking about bruno um and and i think that that is like it's it's starting to kind of have that second wind of where like people you know are rediscovering it on disney plus and when they didn't maybe go to the theaters during uh because it opened during the american thanksgiving uh long weekend the covid stuff was still weird yeah yeah, and so now you know families are watching it at home voters are watching song just it's big and, it, than and that go, wasn't even right? the song that was like, submitted by Disney for 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 best original. Do you think song. they regret that? Yes, because it's yeah. become a chart topper. It's it's yeah. it's the song that people remember. Um, Watch that get performed. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty good. But like, instead, but yeah, it, um, I I'm also. I wouldn't be surprised if they do performances if they do uh, the song that got nominated yeah. and 
that and or they do a medley of of all Um, the songs in kanto songs yeah um i'm also really happy that the mitchells versus the machines uh got nominated because uh next remember when lego movie got that was the thing that like you're holding your breath but i think after um into the spider verse got nominated and won i think both they're phil lord and chris miller yeah are now kind of in the in crowd with the animated um group so i think that they'll be fine moving forward when it comes to whatever they produce animation wise or kind of write or work on so um yeah but there was still that moment of holding your breath because of the lego movie not getting and mitchell's didn't make it in somewhere else right well yeah well i mean mitchell's the, Um, the one category that again like netflix didn't really put a lot of effort in in terms of campaigning for was i think it should have and could have been nominated for original screenplay. Yeah, I know you kept bringing that up and I would have loved to see that. But I mean, at other award shows, I thought somewhere else snubbed it was at the Globes or something. I forget, but um, not that it matters. But I uh, love to see Mitchell's versus the Machines in there. That, that's what I hope wins. But Encanto could easily win and Flea could easily win. So um, we'll have to see. Uh, let's go next on my list here is cinematography. So let's do that. You have, uh, Greg Frazier for Dune, uh, Dan Lawson, uh, uh, for Nightmare Alley, Ari Wagner for Power of the Dog, uh, Bruno Delbanel for Tragedy of Macbeth and Yanis Kaminsky for West Side Story. So you have some great, great cinematographers here, uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the look of Macbeth but I know a lot of people are, so I get that. Uh, and West Side Story, Power of the Dog, um, Dune. Say what you want about our feelings on Dune and Nightmare Alley. Like, uh, I know you're not a huge fan of the cin- cinematography in Nightmare Alley, so I'll let you go off. But um, the Dune cinematography, I obviously get with that IMAX cinematography and, and Greg Frazier's. It's a very awesome, showy so. movie. Yeah. yeah, totally. And so is West Side Story. So, um, and Janusz Kaminski is also, you know, a, a, a very legend, respected yeah. cinematographer within the industry. And, you know, his obviously his sort of, you know, basically lifelong collaboration now with with Spielberg is it's kind wild, of, yeah. you know, defined you know, from Schindler's list on in terms of like that style of kind of overexposure and sort of, you know, the, the, the bright light and the, the harshness. Uh, yeah. When it comes to nightmare alley, it's really interesting because it did very well with the crafts, which I'm not necessarily completely surprised by. And that's probably also where a big sort of chunk of the vote came in for best, best picture, picture. And that's yeah. why it got nominated for best picture mm-hmm. because you had a lot of probably, because everybody in, in the, the Academy gets to vote for that um, category. So, so if a lot of the behind the scenes people are voting. Yeah. yeah so like I, just behind the scenes, but production you know, designers, yeah. cinematographers, you know, craftsmen and women, like um, that's kind of where, you know, probably a lot of that vote came in and, and again, nothing wrong with that. It's just, it, it's, not like out of a lot of the movies that were you know made in the last year that could have been nominated for cinematography i mean one that comes to mind and again you know it it was a bit of a stretch to to get it in the first place because it's such a weird movie is the green knight where you know that's such a beautifully shot film but i mean if the lighthouse can get nominated it's not entirely impossible so um 
but again, maybe, you know, the lighthouse kind of has that kind of archaic kind of look going for it in the way that tragedy Macbeth kind of won people over. Mm. And Bruno Dalbanel is also a very respected uh, cinematographer. I think the one person who deserves to win uh, is Ari Wagner, um, who you almost knocked over when we went to I the did, uh, yeah. power of the dog. Uh, <laughs> I did not junk though. it. Not, not on purpose. Like you just, I got yeah, out of yeah. her way. Yeah. But um if if she wins, she will be the first woman uh, to win in cinematography, and she is only some of these things are wild. The second woman to be nominated after That's Rachel so Morrison, uh, yeah. yeah, which was just a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, or last year, yeah, even? for for like, for Mudville, and she yeah. lost to Roger Deakins, who won the for his first for Blade Runner twenty forty nine that year, right. which was twenty sixteen in a row, right? <laughs> yeah, because then he won yeah. for nineteen uh, seventeen. When it rains, it pours. Um, well, Emmanuel Lubinsky is that perfect example yeah. where, like, he literally goes from you know winning Birdman and Gravity and like Roma. No, not Roma. There was something else that he won for because he won like three in a row, and like he kept getting nominated and and yeah. won. That happens, right? So, yeah. yeah, like. Uh, on to costume design. You have Cruella, uh, Serrano, uh, Dune, <laughs> Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. So, uh, you know, Cruella sneaks in there because uh, it didn't really show up in many other places, but understandably for costume design. Um, same with uh, Cyrano. But um, yeah, the Dune one, I guess. I don't know. Nightmare I mean, Alley, I appreciate I that like- Dune is a little bit different from some of the period stuff because even though it is very much taking from, you know, around the world and borrowing from different styles, at least it's a futuristic sci-fi movie. It's not not just just, a period piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean the one movie that's not nominated and this was announced before best actress where I was thinking, okay, there's no way, that Stuart was going to get oh, in was yeah. Spencer because the, the costumes are such an integral part interwoven in the narrative. Do you think that's just because they were real outfits that she wore or something? Maybe, maybe, like, but I, don't I still don't think people like the movie overall. I think that, right. the, that Stuart got like nominated because but... of, of liking her performance and liking her. And that was the thing that ultimately kind of pushed her through, but, but you, but you look at that movie throughout this entire award season with the outside of the critics groups, it got nothing anywhere. And like, even something like costume seems like that would have been the, 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 the one, you know, if Stewart didn't get nominated, like that was the one that like, it's like, Oh, everybody would vote for it because it's pretty flashy. Right. And yeah, it's just strange. And again, like even thinking like, you know, Jackie got three nominations when, you know, it was, it was nominated. Jackie, a better movie, but maybe because it's American derivative, yeah, but like, you know, maybe that Jackie, they're like, ah, it's similar. We don't need to, you know, Jackie was better and it's similar. We don't need to, I, I don't know. But, um, next on here is directing. I'm just going in order that the Academy has the nominations on their website. So, uh, you have Kenneth Branagh, uh, which we just watched death on the Nile, So you guys can check out that review, um, for Belfast, um, uh, Ryusuke Hamaguchi for drive my car, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson for licorice pizza, uh, Jane Campion for the power of the dog and Steven Spielbergo for West side story. Um, 
like I mentioned, the sixth decade that Steven Spielberg is nominated for Best Director, uh, which is absolutely bananas. Eric talked a bit about Jane Campion. Um, I mean, it's cool seeing, you know, I understand the PTA nomination, uh, the Brana nomination, and then the Hamaguchi one was surprising, I think. Um, you know, uh, I think some people were expecting, who got snubbed here? That Denny Villeneuve. Were, Denny Villeneuve for Dune, which you know Eric and I's opinion on Dune. I love Denny. Um, he got nominated for directing and, Arrival, and he still got nominated yeah. uh, Guys, for producing part two is going to come out. He'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> like he got nominated as well for producing and yeah. co-writing an adapted Dude, screenplay. Yeah. So it's for not like movie, he didn't. So. And, and that's the thing, like with the Lord, of, like the Lord of the Rings movies, Peter Jackson didn't get nominated for uh, the two towers. And right. so, you know, then he got nominated and won because he was nominated for both for fellowship, fellowship and, and return of the King and yeah. return of the King. He won. So if Dune part two, you know, sticks the landing, Denny will probably get nominated and might even win. So him not kind of getting in there is, is, is fine. He'll is, be okay. Yeah. He, he, and he seems to be, again, a very humble person. And I don't think it like, it doesn't bother him too much other than like, I mean, his movie got 10 nominations. So yeah. For being know, half a movie, everyone. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Like, that's like 20 nominations really. Yeah. Raisuku, uh, Hamaguchi, um, that nomination for directing and and adapted screenplay and uh, the film getting nominated for best picture, um, you know, I, I think is even more of an achievement than, say, Roma or Parasite in recent yeah. uh, years when it comes to international movies. It does competing. feel like a smaller movie. Well, because it's been right? it was released by janus films which is a part of the criterion collection and janus films has been around forever and they've you know helped kind of release and curate international movies from you know akira kurosawa to fellini to renoir and everyone but in they're between. not necessarily a household name and they don't have the money or resources to really campaign the same way that oh. when like boyhood kind of really took to both critics awards and and guilds awards like ifc didn't really have the funding and so the thing that made kind of drive my car were you critics know, man was consistent were the critics like yeah. that's where the critics do come into play when it comes to like oh you they need do to see make this it, we movie. do make a difference <laughs> yeah matt still hasn't watched it but the ones who did yeah uh, seen it twice so um and and i and i'm just i got it i'm just so yeah. happy that this movie got in there and you think i'll like it yes you know me. i think you yeah. will like it I think, I, people keep telling me that so it's I a it's like a very good film and it's one of those yeah. movies where like it kind of it completely and utterly haunts you after you're finished watching it and you keep thinking about scenes and moments and we'll talk more once you've seen it um but yeah i i think that the film being nominated for picture and directing and screenplay and international you know feature film is kind of, you know, next to Jesse Buckley are the two kind of like standout kind of things of, of this year. I know my brother Kyle, he texted me and it was like, you know, this, the Oscars are a joke, but he was like, try my car being nominated was amazing. It's cool. Yeah. Um, so you care when you care, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think again, like it just kind of opens up the possibilities for the future that even though the Academy Awards, <clears throat> pardon me, are an American institution movies are an international 
language. You know, Bong Joon-ho's talked about this. Again, I'm, you know, mentioning people like Fellini and Kurosawa in the past being nominated for awards. And I, I think that you need to be open-minded when it comes to nominating, you know, people around the world and non, you know, English language movies for more than just international feature. And another really wonderful surprise was seeing the worst person in the world being nominated for original screenplay. And that was a movie that a lot of people thought, you know, that would, that might've shown up in an actress in a leading role or directing or, or places like that. But those were the two kind of international films that seemed to really generate the every most year has buzz. like a one or two but you do hope that you know it would be more spread out right yeah um but baby steps i guess um and it is nice to see when those things happen um i i will watch it soon so on to documentary feature um or who do you think takes directing directing jane campion jane campion yeah you i think it's gonna that. i think yeah, she's yeah. gonna win that yeah I, I don't disagree uh, documentary, you have Ascension, uh, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, and Writing with Fire. So you have Academy Award nominee Questlove. I love this. Hell see yeah. That. And that's also um, exciting because that has been one of the more popular choices when it comes to being nominated or winning awards this season. And usually the documentary branch doesn't nominate the popular. Yeah, you film. mentioned that. Yeah, and so him being nominated and that film being nominated and what that means um, is so important. And I really, really do hope that that movie wins. But at the same time, I I also love Flea, and if Flea wins, like that's like you see, that's a good thing to have where it's like you do have multiple films to root for so i think if either one of those movies wins i'd be happy uh apologize to or apologies to the shorts uh we i just don't know well riz ahmed actually got Uh, nominated for um the long goodbye did he direct it he produced it produced it co-produced it so he is now a two-time academy award nominee riz ahmed Cool. Uh, film editing, Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, I like seeing Tick, Tick, Boom in here. I think that is um, – it, it's interesting that Tick, Tick, Boom did not make Best Picture, which Eric called. Um, uh, but it does – because editing is that one that always kind of sort of lines up with the nominees a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um so Tick, Tick, Boom being that one that did not make it in, uh, but the rest of these uh, did. So I, I think it was a precursor to seeing Don't Look Up pop up in, in Best Picture as well. But Don't Look um, Up has been doing so well during yeah. this entire award season. Like, again, you know, I talked about maybe not taking, you know, the guilds for, you know, like everything, like in terms of like, you know, putting all your money on it. But sure. It, but if it, it got nominated for BAFTA, BAFTA yeah. PGA nomination, SAG, SAG ensemble, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it, it it it's one of those kind of movies where and, and again, McKay has become yeah. an Oscar magnet. And, and but so, it is divisive. <clears throat> but I mean, it, well, even yeah. with the editing, I mean, the editing, you know, yeah, you, you could look at it and be like, it. yeah, it is. It, it, it's, it's a lot most. of editing for sure. It's yeah, I know. I know it's your old adage of, of sometimes the most will get you in there, right? Yeah. Or if it's the most in your face, people go, ooh, editing. Exactly. <laughs> because great, great editing, you're probably not, it's not going to stand out because you're just going to enjoy the movie because it's seamless, right? Yeah. Where 
sometimes with like don't look up it's really in your face so you kind of go ooh editing yeah um international feature film you have drive my car flee the hand of god uh lunana a yak in the classroom uh, that's dope and the worst person in the world um yeah i mean i again i need to watch drive my car um uh, i love the worst person in the world so love to see that show up so um yeah i i think most of these movies i still got to see uh hand of god and lunana but um i also love, still need to see the hand of god and lunana and um yeah i think drive my car it's is probably gonna win i mean just thinking like yeah based on it getting a best picture nomination yeah. and stuff like that yeah i mean that's when those become sort of spoilers unless they go that route of going well we'll give it to flea because it didn't make best picture but then that could screw over drive my car later because it's probably not going to win best picture so i don't know they sometimes do that but rarely it's probably just the easy choice would be drive my car because it got nominated for for best picture um I mean, obviously, you mentioned uh, T10, which didn't even make the short list. Uh, Petite Maman, another movie that we love that didn't really show up anywhere. No, and and um, that's another one that like Neon again is releasing in the U.S. and and Elevation Pictures in Canada in April. So I just don't think many people even thought about it. Or yeah, what? and it's so weird that like Celine Siama's movies kind of like both Petite Mama and 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 Portrait of a Lady Portrait, on yeah. Fire kind of are, are these hugely critically acclaimed films at the festival season and you know whether it be berlin or Cannes, and then into the fall season and then the 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 studio doesn't push them like she should have been nominated for directing and writing and like petite mama should have been nominated for editing like it's just like it's just it's it's really weird because like again like there's only so many that can kind of like really break through and i guess for neon it was flea and the worst person in the world that they kind of put more focus on when it those movies were starting yeah. to really especially because neon puts out a lot of international stuff too, yes. right yeah so i mean domestically yeah um so yeah they kind of have to put their chips in they only have so many chips uh, makeup and hairstyling. So you have coming to America, uh, coming number two, America, uh, Cruella, in case you were confused, uh, Dune, the eyes of Tammy Faye and house of Gucci. Uh, so going back to Eric's old, uh, adage of the most, you have house of Gucci and Tammy Faye house of Gucci's um, one nomination. Yeah. Cause Lady Gaga was um, considered a front runner and an actress in a leading role. Cause she showed up everywhere when it came to all the precursor awards mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. now you have house of gucci in the eyes of tammy faye with the most latex competing against one another i mean dune's got a lot too i guess with stellan skarsgård yeah. and, and and some other people but um and then obviously cruella with the hair and makeup and then coming to america i guess was yeah that's got of, a lot of that, yeah, uh, makeup as well same right yeah. so sometimes it's just the most which is fine <laughs> um suicide squad won that award right so um, yeah which is which is also a bummer because i think the suicide squad should have been nominated the, the suicide squad should have been yeah. nominated for visual effects and um wasn't. and wasn't yeah yeah um music so original score you have don't look up by nicholas bertel uh dune by hans zimmer and canto by Germaine franco parallel mothers by alberto iglesias uh, and Power of the Dog from Johnny Greenwood. 
some really good scores here. Uh, obviously, I cannot deny that this Dune score is a lot, and it is impactful and does a lot of the heavy lifting with the visuals of that movie to kind of carry a somewhat simple story. Um, well, not a and, complete story. Yeah, yeah. We'll just keep <laughs> dragging Dune because we're... Anyways, I want to watch Dune again, everyone. Um, I'll watch Dune again when part two comes out. That's what two is called, Dune yeah. again. Dune again. Um, <laughs> Dune again. <laughs> yeah, a tune, yeah. Um, obviously, Johnny Greenwood, incredible for Power of the Dog. Um, well, an amazing year for him in general with both like Spencer and Licorice Pizza yeah. as well, right? yeah. Even the licorice pizza, he only really has like one piece of music in it. Right. right? But or it's couple, still, but hey man, still, he's still the composer on that movie. Um, I love Nicholas Bertel. Obviously, the succession score um, is uh, on repeat in my head like 90% of my life. Well, what in his um, stuff with, you know, Barry Jenkins and Moonlight. Yeah, it's great and, too, yeah. right? You know, Moonlight score is incredible. So, like, I don't go back to the don't look up score. Like again, I've softened quite a bit on the movie. I like it obviously still more than you do and, and others, but like it's, it's a movie that I'm like, okay, I enjoyed. I just, I don't need to like champion this movie or like, I don't think of his score really when it comes to uh, anything in that movie. But, and then Encanto, uh, a piece of music came on when Nevis and I were having dinner on my birthday. Cause we put on movie scores Um and a piece of uh, Jermaine Franco's music came on. And I was like, oh, this is really lovely. Like, I guess sometimes you go to the, because it's a musical, like the actual performances of the songs that I don't think about the actual score in that movie, but it, it is quite good. And I haven't heard Alberto Iglesias's uh, Parallel Mothers score yet. I have. It's 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 quite good. And his collaborations with El Motivar are usually highlights of at least his more recent stuff like the skin i live in is another one where it's like it's really creepy and unsettling and this is kind of more suspenseful and mixed with melodrama in a way that kind of works for how the characters are internally feeling and so like that nomination is kind of inspired in a way that it's like okay like out of all like the big studio movies or even sort of like kind of like the bigger indie films that have you know profiles that have been nominated or kind of shown up elsewhere you know something like this being nominated is again kind of you know a a nice change of pace um yeah uh i hope i don't know who will win probably greenwood i mean greenwood is i guess pun intended the underdog in a lot of ways because he is still kind of considered an outsider within the music branch because he's a rock star first composer second i almost again feel that encanto might pull a surprise win there because it is doing so well and sometimes you know but but han zimmer you know like this is probably you know to your point like he's doing a lot of the heavy lifting but also this is seems to be the most inspired he's been with a score as of late so kind of experimental at times and he's only won once for the lion king so oh wow yeah Yeah. cool uh original song we have be alive from king richard uh which as beyonce and dixon uh dos Oraguitas uh, from Encanto, which is uh, music and lyrics from Lynn Manuel Miranda. Down to Joy from Belfast from Van Morrison. Anti-vaxxer. Uh, really? Is yeah. that why they don't have to have vaccinations at the Oscars? Well, there's more than it's more um, than just him, but yeah. Yeah, I know. So. But yeah. 
I thought most actors were now because like most sets you had to be vaccinated, but like maybe it's a lot of the studio people or like, I don't know who else, but yeah, it's, that's an interesting choice. Um, no time to die from Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell and four good days by Diane Warren. Uh, sorry. Somehow you do from four good days, That's which Diane Warren There's has been always one. What is four good? Days? So four good days is this. Is it another like religious movie or no, something? No, 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 no. Di- Diane Warren is like always the bridesmaid, never the bride thing. Okay. And she's been nominated a ton of times for everything. Like she wrote okay. Armageddon, the, the, the song for Armageddon that Aerosmith sing like that. Oh. Like she's known as like one okay. of like the go to um pop music songwriters okay and, cool. and, and so whatever she puts her name to usually i just don't know what nod. that movie is. the movie is a um is basically like this drug addiction film that nobody saw <laughs> last year that got that played at sundance in 2019 that starred glenn close and mila kunis and it's about okay. And I yeah, think yeah, Glenn Close yeah, is either yeah, yeah, playing yeah, yeah, her mother yeah. or grandmother. And okay. it's I do remember in those emails we get, you know, for yeah. Critics' Choice. I, I do. Or we got. Oh, this is a song we got a piece of. Yeah, we got like, like the, the an the autograph yeah, thing. From Diane right? Warren, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, I opened that poster and the or the music sheet, and I was like, I don't know what this movie. It is. paid off. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it paid off. Yeah. But it's just it, um, it's it's more her than like the like nope i guarantee like nobody saw that movie like maybe they listened to the song or what have you but nobody saw the film absolutely like i haven't even seen the film i'm gonna watch it everything yeah and it was like one of those movies that so vertical entertainment releases a lot of crap um not that they don't only release crap but they do release like a lot of like even like the horrible bruce willis movies and so that was kind of bought by them late in 2019 for a release or 2020 for a release this year i think it came out in like the early spring and it just kind of like came and went yeah fair production design dune nightmare alley the power of the dog the tragedy of Macbeth, and west side story all of these make sense to me yeah they're all kind of i mean maybe with the exception of the power of the dog because it's 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 sparse but sure. It, but it does, you know, like the 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 interior of of the barn and things like that. But like, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Nightmare Alley, and neither are you, I, that you gotta, yeah, the you production know, like, design makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, and even though I'm not a huge fan of Macbeth because the style just doesn't didn't work for me. But I understand but why there's that a lot clicks of sets. With people. There are, yeah, they're all boring, but there's a lot of. Them. <laughs> I disagree on that one, but. I'll throw that in there. Um, Animated short. Sorry, don't have any opinion. Short film. You already mentioned the one that Riz Ahmed produced, The Long Goodbye. Um, I'm not trying to disrespect them. It's just I don't. Yeah, we we, we, we haven't seen any of them. So for us to comment on them, you know. Wouldn't be fair either. Um, Sound, which is a new, is this the first or second year? The second year You're to right. combine uh, sound the two editing categories. And sound. Yeah. Just sound now. Best sound. Um, Belfast. It's just Dan Dune. now, Dad. <laughs> it's just sound now. Uh, Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. So No Time to Die shows up here. The only other place it shows up? I Song. Think. 
Billy yeah, Irish, I already right? mentioned that's an other yeah. place. Yeah, that's what yeah. I meant. Um, cool. I, don't I know. think Power of the Dog deserves this because it's yeah. so sensual. Sure. This one goes to, out to you, Bronco Henry. I had uh, my memories of Bronco Henry candle going. Well, speaking uh, of memories, I think one movie that actually really does deserve to be in that category that is getting the weirdest release is Memoria. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is one movie that is, again, narratively speaking, you know, focused sound on the sound. Sound is integral. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, visual effects. Dune. Free guy. Sure. Um, <laughs> free no, Academy no Award time, nominee. Free guy. No time to die. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings uh, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, only nomination for Spider-Man. Only nomination for Free Guy. Um, only nomination for Shang-Chi. Um, so you got two Marvel movies, a Bond movie, Dune, and I'm assuming it'll just go to Dune unless they go, oh, this is where we'll give shang chi or spider-man no this is this is where this is where the suicide squad thing will happen where in makeup where like in visual effects it'll be free guy will win win there is a lot of effects in free guy yeah and again Um, like it just bothers me that like the suicide squad which just on starro alone should have been nominated for that sequence i agree shark like what the hell? Yeah, a free guy makes no sense to me. Like no. again, a perfectly mediocre fine movie. movie. <laughs> like a disposable Disney Plus afternoon kind of throw it on, and you go, "Ah, oh, it was fine," and then you move on. Um, yep. But uh, visual effects, like I, I don't know. Give it to Spider Man. Um, he only nominated one place. So, uh, writing adapted screenplay, Coda. Uh, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. Um, Again, haven't seen Drive My Car yet, but I love that it's popped up in a few different places. Uh, I have seen everything else here, and all of these movies, I or other than Dune, obviously, um, you could win for half a screenplay, I guess, but we'll just keep (laughs) every time we can. Um, The Lost Daughter, I I love that nomination. Uh, Coda, I absolutely adore that movie, so... And obviously, Jane Campion writing Power of the Dog. Um, these are all cool. Yeah. Um, who do you think takes this? That's a good question. Probably. I mean, I think if Jane Campion's going to win for directing, and she's already won for screenplay in the past with the piano, I don't know if I'd they I'd love them s- to give it to The Lost Daughter, but I I don't know if they will. I think I just think it's too – like, I think – it's it's win is the nomination like it's yeah. one of those movies that has kind of it did better than a, what a lot of people expected it to do getting three nominations but at the same time it's just i almost feel like they could go with coda because it is the feel good movie yeah. but i think they could also make a big deal it's and probably go not with, gonna win anywhere else. well i think it could i think troy kotzer could win i think I it could be a that. big moment but but then again great. i could also i mean Cody Smith McPhee has been winning a lot of the right. awards. So I think it's down to those two in that category, but yeah, I, I, I don't think Dune is going to win. And if it does, um, people love half the story. <laughs> I guess, uh, original screenplay. You have Belfast. Don't look up King Richard licorice pizza and the worst 
person in the world. Uh, the one snub for adapted was it? Would it be adapted or original? It would be adapted as being the Ricardos, right? Like Sorkin not making it in. That would be original. Um, it would be. See, this is what confuses me. Yeah, because it's about real people, but it's not based on anything other than real people. So it's original, right? Which is yeah. why something like uh, Licorice Pizza, King Richard, and and Belfast, which have elements of real people's stories right yeah historical elements interwoven into a uh narrative that isn't based on pre-existing it needs to be like a play or yeah original source material yeah and and i mean the the one i think the one in adapted um screenplay and also supporting actress that a a lot of people were thinking could show up was rebecca hall's passing um Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. didn't get nominated anywhere so yeah so Sorkin gets snubbed other than just the uh, acting nominees in there. Um, like it makes sense for something like don't look, don't look up to make it in here, but Which it, it could win. It um, yeah. Um, if you're going by a lot of the times, the original screenplay nom- uh, win always, I always like that award because I feel like that's when they do give like a weird movie an award or like something that didn't get nominated in other places or, you know, something that is truly original. Like that's where I would have liked to see T10 show up or, or, or something like that. But, um, I'd be fine with, or petite you know, mama or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. I'd be fine with anything here. Really? I, like, I do have this cautious optimism that Anderson might win it because this including this year he's been nominated now 11 times never won and the first nomination anything or just for nothing not he's never he's never won anything before 11 nominations wow his first two nominations came from the screenplay categories for Boogie Nights and Magnolia and so if if anybody is kind of quote unquote overdue you know to be recognized and not just a nominee at this point it would be him so give him something so yeah and give, give the movie yeah something to to go home with so i think that like he does have a shot but also again you know the ones that are the most or extra always win yeah and you know Adam McKay's movie does a lot of talking and a lot of, you know, talking throughout the entire thing. And it's more, I mean, shouting than anything else, but yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the big boy, uh, best picture. So you have Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Duke, and West Side Story. So 10 nominees, right? One, yep. two, three. Yeah. Full yeah. This is the, nominees. this is yeah. the first year that it wasn't um, since the option to have 10 nominees back in 2009 um, were sort of introduced uh, again. Cause it was something that happened in, I think it was like the thirties or forties. I can't remember when um, the 10 nominees were originally introduced, but when it was reintroduced in 2009, it was it was up to 10, but because it was a preferential ballot. A lot it, of the times you had eight or nine, right? Yeah, or even seven or yeah, or or yeah, eight. And and so now it has now the 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 new rule is it has to be 10 films. Oh, okay, that's why. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um 
yeah, I mean, I tweeted this out and I'm not like upset about these 10 movies. It's just that for me personally, my personal tastes, um, you know, Coda was the only thing here that cracked my top 25 of the year. And that's not saying anything. That's just, you know, what I, I like. But if you go through the movies like Belfast, I, you know, you can check out our review for like most of these. Um, Belfast, I think we're both sort of on the same page that it's totally okay. Like it was perfectly enjoyable, but um, nothing more for us. Uh, Don't Look Up, I probably was the most high on when we first reviewed it. Uh, and I still like the movie. It's just... Um, I, it kept going lower and lower when I was looking at other stuff, uh, throughout the year and where I wanted to put things. Um, again, I keep saying I need to watch drive my car. Dune, everyone knows our opinion on that. Uh, King Richard, another movie that I'm like, it's totally fine. I'm mixed or mixed negative on it. Licorice pizza. I'm probably more mixed positive. Like I like that movie. I have some huge issues with it. I've watched it twice. I do have a weird, like it's the one movie out of this group where I'm like, could watch that again. Um, uh, Nightmare Alley did nothing for me. Uh, Oshawa represented in Best Picture this year. Probably the movie I like the least on this group. Like even Dune... Dune and, and Nightmare Alley are, are probably the two movies that I actually don't really like. Or well, Dune, like I'm them. willing to give yes. the benefit of the doubt I agree. when it comes but when to... we watched it. Yeah, I, I, I yeah no, 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 no. I still think as as of now, it's still only half a movie. So it's like, how can you award best picture to half a film? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I agree. We're with Nightmare Alley. Like it's a full movie and it's not a good one. No, and like I mean, it's it's fine. It's okay. It, like it's, and I like your. I know you, but but, but you you liked it more than I. Did, no, no, no. I, mean. I I I don't I don't even love it. But what I'm trying to say is like, I understand it from the point of view of a technical kind of thing when it comes to production design, and even though I didn't like the cinematography, and that like, can carry I, you to a best picture though, right? And that's so. that is the film, you know, like that that benefited the most because there were a lot of people that thought like being the Ricardos would be nominated for best picture because the biggest, you know, chunk of all the branches within the Academy is the acting branch. And so, you know, like something like that was, you know, expected. And some people thought maybe, Oh, maybe there would be enough people to vote for something like the lost daughter for best picture or something like that. But it ended up being nightmare alley because you had cinematographers, production designers, you know, sound people, like all these people voting for that film and voting for Dune. Like those were probably the two that benefited the most from the below the line. From the um, technical categories. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Power of the Dog, um, again, didn't make my 25, but um, a movie that I still respect a lot. And even if it didn't completely click with me uh, both times I watched it, um, I still, it grew on me and I I, I do like the movie. And then West Side Story, another one that kind of grew on me uh, that I've been itching to rewatch with Nevis or or my parents, which is going to be on Disney Plus soon. Um, in march right but yeah eric your thoughts on the group because i kind of went through everything you don't need to you can do whatever you want here but um Um, well i think i think my like my my the three that i would be the most happy with winning that i mean one maybe has a shot 
um, Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog, and Drive My Car are the three where it's like, if any one of those movies won, I'd be delighted. Yeah. Power of the Dog, I think, has a shot to win. And then if Coda or West Side Story won, I would also be very happy because I think both of those movies, even though, um, you know, they didn't they didn't make my top, you know, 25, I still think that they're really good films mm-hmm, and yeah. they're worthy of the Best Picture nominations and, and you know, popping up in other categories. Then, you know, what you've already said with, We're with kind of Belfast, aligned, right? you know, yeah. and King Richard, where it's like, okay. I like, get it, but no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it didn't, it, but Belfast is the one where it's like, I see that winning best picture. Just again, it's a shorter movie within the 10 nominations in, in a year where everything was over two hours. <laughs> um, it's very accessible. Everyone, you know, at least if you don't, if you're not passionate about it, it it's passable. You liked it. Yeah. You know, and like even us talking about it, like we didn't maybe necessarily love the film, but it's fine. It's cute. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad. Like it's not one of those movies no, where you would just forget though that it that it yeah. won. I mean, it's like the artist where like nobody remembers Again, perfectly that they... fine when I saw that at TIFF and I But then never you had look at the other movies that were nominated that year know, and you're just social like Social Network, right? Or the movies that weren't nominated, like Drive. Yeah, <laughs> drive my car, you know, justice for movies with drive in the title. Um, yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't think Dune should win, not because it's necessarily a bad film. It's just not a full film. Yeah. Don't give look it to up part as, two if it's good. Yeah. And then you can kind of consider that you gave the entire both movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or and then the one movie don't look up is probably my least favorite in, in, in this yeah. group. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's still like, I understand why it got nominated and like, I guess it's still a better nomination than something like extremely loud and incredibly close. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is more polarizing where I think yeah. most people are on that same page with extremely loud, which was just baffling. Yeah. Which is just like, what? Um, huh? Yeah. Um, an interesting year, uh, nonetheless. I'm excited to watch. So late March, uh, I don't have the ex- Wednesday. Is it the 25th or 27th? The 27th, I think. Yeah, 27th. 27th on ABC. So um, still a long ways to go. Really, I know. I thought it was sooner. Like uh, we'll be so over it. it by the time yeah, that Sunday night rolls around. Yeah, Critics' Choice is like the week before, right? Yeah, which then, is also um, the same night as the BAFTAs, which is also kind of funny now because the BAFTA nominations and the Critics' Choice nominations didn't completely align. So in terms of who's going to show up at what awards... It'll be who got nominated at each one, and then exactly. some people will have to make a choice. Right? Yeah, like Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons, because Kirsten Dunst didn't get nominated at BAFTA, and Jesse Plemons didn't get nominated at the Critics' Choice. But they got nominated on the... On the Opposite. other side, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. It should be fun. I mean, I I always like award season, so um, I'm excited to watch the Oscars. It's always a fun night of. Uh, I'm I'm very curious of what they'll do with the presentation of it all. Yeah. Um, because I actually didn't mind last year's with the kind of more, you know, it was very straightforward last year. There was a couple awkward bits. Remember, like the, uh, yeah, the karaoke singing or whatever, um, was weird. And there was a couple weird bits, but um, I kind of going like back the, to the um, Dolby Theater, yeah. right? Yeah. So it'll be a more classic show. They haven't announced a host yet. They might have multiple hosts, but um, should be interesting nonetheless. 
Uh, let us know what you guys want to win. Tweet at Eric and I or something. And uh, was I'm was malignant snubbed in Best Picture? They need to... <laughs> justice for Gabriel. Um, all righty, Eric. Um, was there any kind of news or anything else you wanted to talk about? Like for the just what we've been watching, I, I kind of mentioned that I watched Ronan and, and dug it quite a bit. Great car chases, like you're saying. Um, great cast. Um, a great late nineties action movie. I was just saying this to Nevis while we were watching that. Um, I just love like eighties and nineties action movies because like, it's just all, it, it was a time where they just cast like old white guys, <laughs> like <laughs> in action movies, like all the time. Like, and they weren't like, some of them were handsome, obviously like De Niro's a handsome guy or whatever. And like, um, but a lot of the times it's just like guys with bellies and like are balding and like, it's just, it's, it was a time where you Men could with cast character. Like, you could cast anyone as an action hero or in an action movie. And it would, it would just weirdly work where now I feel like, you know, you still get those here and there, but like, I feel like everyone's beautiful and like, or they have to sort of like, like train for like half a year and yeah. learn sort of like multiple skills in order to play the part. Where it's like De Niro probably just like came off of like one production to another and was like, okay, like let's just do this. Yeah. But it <laughs> so is it, kind of- it, it is like a lot of people do consider it to be like one of De Niro's last like really good performances up until like Silver Linings playbook, because there was a this long period of time where like after Heat, which I think is like his last truly like great performance in in the nineties where like he really started to phone it in and, and like analyze this and analyze that kind of gave him more comedic roles again. And and I know that like, you know, with midnight run, he kind of found a comedic Avenue to kind of play up at those, you know, buddy comedies with, with Billy crystal kind of really like pushed him into that category. And then he started just taking, you know, roles for money because he had to pay for Tribeca and his restaurant uh, investments and things like that. So he was doing stuff like, rocky and bullwinkle and this was also when you know john frankenheimer was 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 close to the end of his life and you know like his sort of tumultuous sort of relationship to the film industry had been kind of defined you know up until then with the island of dr dr monroe and how that production went to hell and um so this was kind of almost like and reindeer games as well which is not very good so this is kind of like him kind of going back to when he you know made uh, you know a movie like the train and so you know like it is like this kind of like classic kind of like muscular tough guy yeah euro trash movie but still kind of classy and beautifully shot and edited and the car chases are incredible um and almost go on a little too long oh they do oh they're so like, self-indulgent it's like the pod so racing in yeah. phantom menace yes, where you're like holy shit this is still going on but and i don't like, mind it because it's yeah. so good but i totally understand that criticism there too. was a point where i turned to nevis and i'm like this is a long car chase yeah and that's like I, I and we you haven't watched Book of Boba Fett yet, but um, there are some moments in the finale of Book of Boba Fett where I'm like, okay, we probably could have um, chopped this uh, sequence in half. Um, still exciting, still fun, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed Ronan thoroughly. Like I again, I just like 
action movies from that era. And I was thinking those exact things that you were talking about. Cause I was like, what era of De Niro is this? I'm like, is this kind of when he started to like fade out a little bit yeah. because it seemed like late stage before, you know, obviously he's still, he's made a comeback and, and everything you just mentioned. But, um, I didn't think it was 98 because like I was watching it and I thought it was either early 90s. I'm like, oh, this is post GoldenEye for Sean Bean. It's like, um, does it just make a, it? It, it just, it's a weird, spoiler. Yeah. You know, it's, no shit. He's a living <laughs> spoiler. Like he, he pops on screen and I'm like, uh, oh, you are fucked. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, and she's like, why, why would you say that? I'm like, oh, Nevis. I'm like, there's a, a hilarious montage video on YouTube that just calls Sean Bean dies in everything. I think it's called yeah. or like, and it's just a funny montage, but it's usually, it's like, how bad is he going to um, die? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, always funny to see him pop up because you're just like, well, I know you're either going to be the bad guy, even though you were the good guy. And you're probably going to die at some point. So, and Jean Renault at that um, point was also yeah. still riding high off of the professional and like kind of even Mission Impossible at that at that point. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I forgot that he's in that first one. Um, so I'd find I do like rats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, have, uh, we don't have to spend too much time. We can kind of wrap up the show soon. But have you watched anything else you want to? I mean, just go or? to Rogers TV dot com slash cinema scene and see my reviews for the Liam Neeson action thriller. Uh, Blacklight, the rom-com based on a graphic novel, Marry Me, starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. Uh, My review for Steven Soderbergh's Kimmy, uh, The Worst Person in the World, and Death on the Nile, which we have a review up on uh, the site. Yes. Um, we didn't review everything Eric mentioned because I, I don't know if I talked about it. Oh, I and I saw Jackass very, forever as well, which yeah, I really We're going to have a review for that because I really do want to watch Jackass. It's just so – if you didn't catch the Greg Miller episode, I kind of dropped it in on the at the end of uh, the episode. I started a new job as a writer and question producer on Family Feud Canada. So I have been very busy over the last uh, two weeks – uh doing that so i still can't get um, over that one twitter um uh viral tweet yeah there's a bunch i saw another one today that i'm like the american version it's interesting because i'm learning a lot uh a family feud can get away with some pretty uh interesting or raunchy or sometimes surprising uh uh answers where you know we're you know it's on the cbc and stuff here like we're not more tame we're just trying to be funny but not yeah anyways it's it's, it's interesting it's it's been a, a huge learning experience and been challenging and been fun but because of that uh, i'm still kind of figuring out my schedule it is flexible and obviously we can do this podcast at night or or whenever and i can still go to screenings and things like that because i can kind of uh make my own hours as long as i get my work done so we will have um, a review for Uncharted coming up. Yes, we will have a review for Uncharted. I will see Jackass um, soon. I've been dying to see it. It's just with this job and my birthday uh, and things like that. And it's, a, a again, Death, in the Ni- Death on the Nile I did see because Nevis and I went to go see that together. And you needed to recover um, from Five Cream. Yes. And we, oh yeah, you guys can check out our spoiler review of Five Cream as well. Uh, so I did get to see Five Cream eventually and Death on the Nile. So you guys can check out those reviews. But uh, Jackass, I would still obviously love to talk to Eric about, even though I don't know 
how much critical analysis there is about Jackass. No, but there's a lot of dick drama. Be, yeah, that, it should just be fun to talk about. I, I will so say this, spoiler alert. I think the third one is my favorite okay. of the films. It's almost like the Toy Story 3 of, of that series. Is this the Toy Story 4 of the Jackass? It kind of is. It's almost yeah. like... I, I still really liked it. And like, I think if yeah. you, if you, if you don't like Jackass, you're not going to be one well, of her. Course. That's why I haven't seen it yet. Cause Nevis is like, I, I but it's a good, like, it's a good footnote. Yeah. Like I feel three is like the one where like it all came together and this really totally. wonderful culmination. And like, like that I, opening I said, sequence IMAX, cannot man. be beat, man. Jackass five film. and IMAX has to do it. Um, so yeah, I did see five cream and death on the Nile. So you guys can check uh, those out. I haven't really been watching much because I've just been busy. So like it's I'm going to start, you know, reviewing stuff with you again and and get back now that things are open. Uh but the trips to the movies have been good. Like I mean, there was a couple like there was a when we saw 5 Cream, there was uh like four younger like I don't know if they were teens or just younger people. I'm old now. Um who kind of talked about a lot of it, but like it didn't bother me. It's a horror movie. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just trying to be more chill now. <laughs> like, I'm just trying. Like, unless it's really impeding, like, my enjoyment of the movie, I'm like, I'm trying to let things slide more often because it's just, it, it's exhausting if you have to do it every screening. So, um, but luckily Death on the Nile was like, I went to AVX on a Wednesday and it was like empty, but like everyone who was there was like really quiet and respectful. So like the trips back to the movies have been, pretty good i don't know how about you but yeah i i well i actually really had a wonderful time watching jackass forever with the crowd that was there i mean when i say crowd i mean like there was about like probably 10 people in total but i think yeah. it, it a movie like that does help when you you, you are a, it, as a communal experience watching a film like that together with people when you're reacting viscerally to certain things and i think that that kind of enhances your experience overall um, and then with Scream, I had no problems either. Like, it was just kind of like, again, everybody was respectful for the yeah. most part. And I think it was because I went to an earlier screening when, you know, the lockdown or when theaters opened again, right just when opened, they opened. Yeah. So, like, there yeah. weren't as many people there. Um, and then with Death on the Nile, it was a press screening. So, of course, it was going right, to be fine. Right, right, and, right. And, uh, but, yeah, like, it's been... Was the theater freezing? No, no, it wasn't. I mean, maybe that mustache somehow kept me warm and I just mustache rode my way look. through that entire movie. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is wonderful. That mustache It's good. Um, which you guys, again, I, that opening of that movie, go listen to our review. Um, cool, man. Any, there was a few pieces of news trailers. Oh, so we want to, um, we're not going to talk about trailers on this episode. I really want to talk about Jurassic world dominion. Um, and a few other things, men. but I, men, yeah. Um, nope is coming up as well. Nope. So we'll talk so about like, that after it's the Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. So the Super Bowl is this Sunday. Um, Eric Sunday? and I decided, uh, Eric and I decided that there'll be so many trailers between now and Sunday night that we should probably just save them all for a conversation. Um, like we could do individual ones on like Jurassic Park and and Obi One will and probably stuff. even drop. Yeah, right? on Sunday probably too, right? So yeah. like the Super Bowl, there's always at least five, six, seven different trailers. Some, you know, for movies we've already seen teasers for and stuff like that. I'm but, really hoping um, that a re-edit of Cloverfield Paradox will drop. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I mean, the Father Stu trailer just dropped. Oh, um, I saw that and I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing my ass off. It's, um, Mark so, Wahlberg is now entering that territory. Yeah, I mean, Mel Gibson know, right? being in it, but like of the like conservative Christian asshole. So like, and it's a shame because he, when he is good and stuff, like obviously Boogie Nights and The Departed, like he is he can be likable, but now I'm kind of worried where like he'll end up in the kind of like the Chris Pratt kind of thing where like yeah. he's doing all these religious movies. Yeah. So um we'll do a whole Super Bowl. I think we did this last year as well. So like we'll do a whole Super Bowl episode where we talk about some commercials. We'll talk about trailers. Like there's a Dr. Evil um GM commercial. There's <laughs> a Jim Carrey cable just... guy commercial. Yeah. Oh, is there? Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, so we'll talk about all that, like probably on Monday or Tuesday after the Super Bowl. Um, quick news stuff. Uh, I can just kind of scroll. Well, through. speaking of um, John Williams and uh, Steven Spielberg, it was announced that David Lynch is going to be right, co-starring in the Fableman. And rumor is Love that he it. is going to be playing John Ford, which kind of makes sense because Spielberg, if it is semi-autobiographical, Spielberg has always talked about trying to sneak onto like the universal lot and try to meet people like Alfred Hitchcock. So, you know, for him to cast uh, David Lynch in a role like that, I mean, if it is a role like John Ford, um, I think that'll be interesting, but also, you know, him working with directors in acting roles previously with, you know, Sir Richard Attenborough in Jurassic Park and Francois Truffaut in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, it, it, it makes sense that, you know, like he would, you know, pluck another filmmaker, but it's just like those, like the, the melding of those two minds coming together just really weirdly excites oh, me. I, I love it, man. I'm excited for Fablemans. Um, it's me, Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, there was a piece of Marvel news I saw drop. What was it? Someone got cast. In it was um, the In the Heights actor, uh, Anthony uh, Ramos. Uh, oh, was, right. Was cast in Ironheart, right? In yes, a role that's yes. supposed to be like Jonathan Majors. Uh, I was going to say Krang. Kang, uh, the 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 Conqueror, and that it's going to kind of set up for, um, you know, multiple series and, and films in a role that is still uh, undisclosed good for him um i'm excited for ironheart i think that will be really really cool and riri Riri williams is supposed to be introduced in the next black panther movie which they've started shooting again and hopefully can finish in time um so that should be interesting um let me see before we wrap up i just i finally watched the lost city trailer before um uh death on no before five cream and that movie looks fun. <laughs> well, it I'm is a riff on romancing the stone. Yeah. The thing that I actually like, I mean, obviously they're really playing up and I wish they didn't show the Brad Pitt stuff in the trailer. Yes, like I, think I they agree with left that. that. Cause that was a great, like I had no idea. You're so handsome. Movie. I'm like, My dad's a yeah. weatherman. <laughs> the thing I do also love. And I mean like that, it, it was the best thing. Channing Tatum hasn't done a movie for a while. And he has obviously dog coming out, which is going to be playing in Canadian theaters. It wasn't. And then it got picked back up again, but Channing Tatum was probably the best thing in free guy. And he is so good as a comedic actor that there are certain looks that he gives like in that trailer for the lost city, where someone wants to take a selfie with him. that I've seen the trailer a couple of times now before it was with jackass and scream as well. Um, and I still laugh at that. Like he, he is so good at comedy. So 
Yeah, I totally agree. Like him talking about that 21 Jump Street Men in Black uh, crossover that was going to happen and him saying it was one of the funniest scripts he's ever read and that he's like, it could potentially still happen, which I really hope, but uh, I won't get my hopes up um, because it just sounded so funny. And I I do really like him as a comedic actor too. Uh, Futurama's coming back. Um I've ne- I was never a Futurama guy. I remember kind of not watching the series, but I remember like when it first premiered, kind of watching like a couple of the episodes because, you know, it, it you know, played after The Simpsons and, and things like that. But it, it does yeah. have a cult following. But at the same time, it's like, why just leave it alone? Like, I know Family Guy and American Dad, you know, were shows that got canceled and then kind of became even more successful. Success, yeah. But those first three seasons of Family Guy, I think, really were great as just a weird kind of cult series that Fox canceled and then canceled, you know, 30 other on. shows. Yeah. And now, though, like, it's like, it's not funny anymore. And it's, I mean, I Seth, mean Simpsons is still Seth MacFarlane has overstayed his welcome in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, the Simpsons, Simpsons is not, I mean, hasn't been great forever, but I heard from some people it got decent again. It's just so many people have tuned out that they haven't been watching it. And then, you know what I put on the other night? The Who Shot Mr. Burns 2 part. That is a good episode. I just, I was like, you know the what? Twin I'm Peaks in the mood. joke, too, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The backwards talking. It's great. Um, the clues. The clues. <laughs> uh, that episode is fantastic. And it just reminded me that The Simpsons rules. But yeah, there was um, that sweet spot in oh, like season six through like 12 or something. Yeah, right? where like, it's untouchable. It's unpeachable. Yeah, it was, that. Like, it it's was so, so good. good. Yeah. I think it was like season five to maybe even 15. There was like a 10 year arc. Lisa um, needs braces. Yeah. Dental plan. It was so good. <laughs> um paddington 3 production we brought up uh so paddington 3 looks like it's going to come out either next year or the year after uh love to see our boy come back uh obi-wan kenobi may 25th got a release date on the 45th anniversary of the release of the original star wars so to eric's point probably gonna get a trailer at the super bowl this sunday I wouldn't be surprised if they did another one of those Marvel sizzle trailers for the Disney Plus show. So we might get, you know, Moon Knight, She-Hulk kind of. Will you lose your thing. mind if like the Watto shows up? Yeah. The, or the, the voice of <laughs> Watto. I think there's a possibility. Hey, Jar- there's a possibility Jar Jar shows up. Yeah. Well, there's, there's I, the possibilities are endless. I mean, Watto, I, I would lose my mind for, but because he's on Tatooine. What is Watto up to? What is Jar Jar? I know they've written about him in like books or, and he like, there was a, like a really depressing thing where he just becomes like depressed and homeless, I think, or like, because he, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Zack Snyder's rebel moon, uh, cast Charlie Hunnam, uh, Jaiman Hansu, Ray Fisher, uh, and more. And it started from his scrapped pitch for a star Wars movie. Um, it looks like star Wars and Dune from all the concept art that i've seen that would be a good title for a movie star wars and dune (laughs) um interesting squid game is coming to theaters for two nights only in new york and la weird um yeah anthony ramos in ironheart 
uh which is what we wasn't there up. another piece of marvel casting that was kind of interesting recently? i'll scroll through um america ferrera joined uh the barbie movie uh with margot robbie um that bel-air <laughs> serious remake for, for it almost looks like something you would see in like a, a movie or tv show that's like like the the serious bel-air is like a fake movie fake series yeah. Uh, Adam Driver is playing Enzo Ferrari. So classic Italian actor, Adam Driver, <laughs> uh, <laughs> now playing Enzo Ferrari in Michael Mann's. Uh, it was originally with... supposed to be Hugh, Hugh Jackman um, yeah. and uh, scheduling or what have you. I mean, I love that Adam Driver just working with every huge director. Um, and then uh, Penelope Cruz and Shailene Woodley is also in the movie. Yeah. Um, but I just love they're like, we need an Italian. You know who was in House of Gucci? Adam Driver. Well, and um, it's also it's be, with Michael Mann, though, the thing that I, I mean, like, I, I like Michael Mann a lot. Um, you know, same. Like, same with Heat. He hasn't done a, He hasn't directed a feature since Public Enemies, which is back in 2009. So it's a long time. Um, was this what you were talking about? Craven the Hunter, uh, Russell Crowe. <laughs> I don't think I didn't even, so. I didn't even see that piece of news. So this is how out of the loop I've been. So he's going to be um, in Thor, Love and Thunder. He's already been in Man of Steel. And now he's going to be... Oh, Dakota Johnson was the... Oh, Madam Web, yeah. which is also in that Sony But has it been confirmed verse, right? yet? Because I think she posted something on like her Instagram account that like it was she was alluding to that it's it's happening. Right. Right, 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 right. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I don't think so. There's probably more. But I think the Oscars were our big topic of the show. Eric, any plans for the weekend, the rest of the week? No, I'm probably just going to kick back, relax, and just probably catch up with the book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker. God, I, Which I, Peacemaker I have like, been yeah, really enjoying. Same, it really is a it, it is a chode, you know, a shower, <laughs> not a grower. <laughs> or a grower, not a shower. Yeah, it's it's it has yeah. grown on me though, um, quite a bit. And I the the one sequence that I really loved um was that escape sequence from uh his trailer when they're hopping around in the yeah, uh, in, in the trees. I love the butterfly sequence at the end of the last episode. I think it's really disturbing and kind of visually really cool. Um not sorry, no spoilers. You don't know what the fuck I'm talking about if you um um Come come my lady, watched, but... you're my butterfly. Sugar <laughs> that, baby. They should have played that. that. I mean the <laughs> or song somebody should that... do an edit on yeah. YouTube. <laughs> I I could easily do that because the song choice they do use is 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 good. Um but I um I really I'm really digging it. Like I've been itching to watch today's episode which I will do immediately after recording. Um like I never thought the day where I'd be more excited for a DC show than a Star Wars show. Um and that's kind of how Book of Boba Fett has kind of um I don't know wh- whether we do a spoiler cast for Book of Boba Fett maybe if we have time or we want right. to because I think that there is some interesting stuff to talk about and that Do you really uh, really want to taste? And that? where there Yeah, god, what a good <laughs> intro. Um but Boba Fett, I mean I tweeted it out. I I liked the two Mandalorian episodes. I did not really care for any of the boba fett episodes interesting where i've actually um, been kind of liking book of boba fett interesting yeah i think it's reminding me more of star wars than even some and you've only not watched the finale right yeah 
And are you fine with the two episode kind of detour? Yeah. Okay. I like cool. those as well. I love I, I, I love the Bryce Dallas Howard episode. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Um, but I like I like the Dave Filoni episode too. Like um, I, I even like the stuff with like I understand where like I just don't think those two episodes had any business being in this show. I just I get it. Like I, I do and well, it's I'll connective tissue you... though. Like I think it is, but it's I think part the of book it is of Boba Fett. I know, like, but I, Boba Fett was a character that was in the original, but then call it something different. Like, I, I don't know. Like we'll talk about it once you've, Book we, we do have to do, we do have to do a spoiler cast or something because like, again, I, I don't think the show's awful or anything. I do. I did say, I think it's a bad Boba Fett show because I just feel like it got to, it should have been called. I killed like, Bo- Bi- uh, Bib Fortuna for $230. I think there are some, there's some great stuff in that show and ultimately i like star wars so i like just seeing more star wars i just we'll get into it once you've watched the finale but um i did really love those two episodes of mandalorian uh which are basically like you could have done that at the beginning of season three but whatever all right everyone i think i'm gonna call it here the naked gun seth MacFarlane and paramount want liam neeson to star in the reboot (laughs) Well, it's got to be better than Blacklight. I missed so much this week. Gumby franchise rights acquired by Fox with plans to reimagine characters for live action and animation. Like, I'm just, I I feel like I'm so out of the loop when I'm just not on Twitter 24 hours a day when I actually have shit to do. Dark Gumby. Um, (laughs) God. Uh, anyways, everyone, thank you for listening. Um, we have a couple other shows that we would love for you guys to check out. Um, you guys can check out Untitled Movie Reviews, where Eric and I have a review, a spoiler review, since since Five Cream's been out for so long, um, both in the U.S. and, you know, for a couple weeks here in Canada. Eric and I are just going to, you know, maybe brief conversation about spoiler-free at the beginning, but we're going to do a spoiler review of uh, Five Cream. Um, as well as a review for Death on the Nile. So if you like whodunits, uh, there's a lot for you right now. The After Party on Apple TV is awesome. You guys should go watch that. Uh, The newest episode, High School, should be out as you're listening to this, and it is fantastic. Um, And then if you... uh, Waltz! Waltz! Two uh, interesting whodunits... Uh, to varying degrees with with Five Cream and and Death on the Nile. So I'm excited to talk to Eric about those. But by the time you're listening to this, those should be up. So go check those out. Uh, YouTube and podcast services. We'll oh, also have, I just thought uh, of something really good. Imagine if Ghostface had a sweet mustache. Oh, yeah. That, that'll be the day. Like on the mask or the person who's under the mask? Both. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Takes it off as another mustache. Um. So you guys can check those out. We'll have also a review for Jackass, uh, Uncharted. Uh, we got Batman tickets. Um, there's lots of good stuff coming up. So keep an eye on Untitled Movie Reviews on YouTube podcast services. Uh, one-stop shop for everything. You can just go to Letterboxd and go to Untitled underscore movies. Go to our HQ. That's uh, probably your easiest spot to find everything that we do. Um yeah. So uh, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and maybe soon on Family Feud Canada. We'll see if one of my questions get through. I'll let you guys know. Um, <laughs> and you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck.
And I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Happy birthday, Matt. Thanks, buddy.